We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 380 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Jim Hilton, and since we are less than a week away from the official start of the season, that means it's time for predictions and expectations, and who else to help me with that but the man with the two magical words that we're now trying to monetize. We, we took your two magic words, and now we're trying to monetize. I'm wearing the t-shirt. Let's hear him, Francesco Tomas. Hola, Gules. I'm delighted to be back on the podcast. Obviously, lots of excitement for the new season. I'm excited too, so let's let's break that down. Yeah, I know. The, the buzz of the day, obviously, I try to keep everything current. And the buzz of the day is currently Barcelona telling De Young of potential criminality of his contract, telling him to renew on the original terms, whatever that means, potentially going to court over it or forcing his hand. As always, a lot of drama, a lot of nonsense of off-the-field stuff. So we're going to handle that. Hopefully, some of these things figure themselves out in the next few days and calm down. <laughs> I can really collect that information. We can worry about it in the second show. Because a 6 nothing beatdown of Pumas celebrating Danny Alves. I mean, we're not going to talk too much about yesterday's game. But in the lens of the MVP and all the other categories we're going to go through today, I think yesterday served as a, a justified microcosm of some of the things that we finally learned. Because, Frances, I've been talking all season, whether it's the U.S. tour, even seeing them in person. I came out of that game, usually when you see, see them in person, other than Gabi runs on every blade of grass on the entire field. Other than that... I didn't really learn too much seeing them in person because of the rotations and again, half and half in the preseason and just the sheer number of new players. So with such a great amount of turnover, you know, it's hard to have drawn any conclusions from the past few mm-hmm. weeks, but I think the game pair trophy really did make a few things clear to help us with our season predictions. Yeah, for sure. And um, we're still in preseason, even though that, some people don't seem to understand that the Gabriel Trophy is just another friendly, uh, which obviously is the first game of the season at, at the Camp No. We cannot read too much into what happened throughout the whole season and not even yesterday. Like, you know, with all due respect to the Mexican League and Pumas, they weren't the greatest of opponents. But what we are beginning to see is that Xavi is consistent in the terms of the formation that he wants to play. He has, for the first time, I would say in probably a decade, most positions in the Barca squad have been doubled. Um, Obviously, we're still waiting on on Marcos Alonso joining us hopefully soon. But there is so much depth. You've got Busquets and Nico, 
you got Gabi and for now you've got the young, uh, you've got Kessie Ethron in the mix as well. You've got Pedri. You can even sort of draw upon Pjanic to be in the midfield. Now the depth in terms of the defensive line is also insane um, compared to the previous four or five years. Um, there is talk of Piquet being the fifth centre-back, which is music to my ears because, you know, he's not getting any younger. Um, and up front, you know, we were complaining all of last season that, that falta mucho gol, that there's a lot of goal missing. Well, you got Lewandowski, you got Rafinha. Um, <laughs> all the stars aligned in the right or wrong way, depending on how you look at it. Dembele decided to stay. Um, Ansu Fati is coming back from injury. I don't think he's obviously um, anywhere near his peak just yet. But uh, then you've got Ferran Torres as well. Over my young, every time he trips over himself, he seems to score. So things are things are looking up. But um, let's just close up the ventana de fichajes, which is the um, the transfer window, and see what sort of squad we have. But the the, the early signs are are good. Yeah, at this point, it is still three weeks ago, which in Barcelona time usually means that there's everything left to do. But this yeah. time around, they did it the right way. And I, yeah, other than a backup left back potentially on the way, that being Alonso or Balde has been just good enough to be the backup left back, I think, in the preseason. Mm -hmm. So with the exception of a backup left back, it's all going to be about exodus. It's all going to be about players leaving and under what legal way. So again, the drama will continue, but it's going to be about how do you force your hand and obviously the morality police are going to be out and about on social media saying, Hey, how come Barcelona and you know, you got on our contract and these are professionals and da, 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 da. Okay. So we're, that's not our job because we're focused again on the stuff that's coming in the season when the ball is yeah. being kicked around and that's what matters. So, yeah, I mean, from yesterday's game, as you said, the only defense I have to, to kind of put a cap on that is that Pumas, which are located in Mexico city, they have their Derby against club America on Saturday. So they flew exactly. all the way to Europe. Yes. To get their butts kicked by Barcelona. Right. But it's a great affair. And they did it because of Danny Alves and those players just didn't, I mean, they didn't want to be there. I mean, it was a great, you know, it was a great game. It's a great thing, but it's, as you said, it's basically a circus for Barcelona to introduce their squad. And they did just that Xavi speak before the game, you know, the Pumas players are just sitting there in the locker room or I mean, obviously Alves is out on the field and they're just kind of mm -hmm. just watching the proceedings, waiting to go. And then they get on the field and Barcelona smacks them in the face with three goals in the first 10 minutes and the game's over. So that was pretty much the story of yesterday. And speaking of yeah. smacking them in the face, one of the players that did that, I'm leading us a bit, but I gave you the categories. We're going to run through all of them. I'm worried this season because, as you said, there's double every position. It seems like players have their roles. Xavi has a clear idea which means when I'm trying to figure out how these categories are going to shake out, other than the finishes, we'll talk about Champions League and da-da-da-da-da, but as far as who does this or who does what, it seems like roles are so defined that I, I think we're going to agree a lot here. And so where we begin, yeah. Frances Tomas, I'm usually going to let you go first on these. It's with the MVP of the team. So at the end of the season, regardless of the winning that was done, don't give that away yet, who is going to be the team MVP? So I think that's going to be Pedri. I think that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously, because the top goal scorer, hopefully, we've got it covered soon. And uh, I think the answer is very obvious. So I would say that um, it has been the case over the last, I want to say, 18 months, even a couple of years. Pedri is the engine that makes Barca run. For many decades, even, um, it was Busquets. He was at the heart of everything that happened. But with Busquets taking, 
I'm not going to say a more relaxed role, but obviously he's not getting into the spaces as quickly as he used to. He's not covering as much ground. And I think having Pedri next to him helps him from a defensive perspective because he, as you mentioned, um, or fair before with Gavi, he just doesn't stop running. And um, every single ball is as if his life depended on it. And that's for both Pedri and Gavi. But I think that right now what Pedri has is a complete understanding of, of the whole game. Um, if Pedri is a bit naughty, you know, if Pedri runs between the lines, if Pedri um, can connect with those around him, if he can over get people to overlap from the left or even overlap himself, then it is clear that he is the gel that puts, um, puts everything together. I think that even though we cannot draw many conclusions from the Gamper game, I think that I'm beginning to see glimpses of his connection, especially with Lewandowski. Mm -hmm. uh, which he was doing, this is Lewandowski, was doing a lot of descargas, which are offloading back to the running midfielder that's obviously running from deep. If we can get one or two of those a game, then it is almost certain we we'll definitely score one at least. And obviously scoring is the way to win games. So I think that Pedri, from an attacking creation perspective, is, is poised to be a star this, year, this season. But also, I don't want to underestimate the work he does and um, the effort that he puts in every single thing that um, goes around him and the impact that he has. Yeah, it was a shame that I only got to see him about 15 minutes against the Red Bulls because what I wanted to see in person for Pedri was what he looked like on the press, even in the second half of mm -hmm. a friendly game. Because his positioning, as you said, is just so smart. And he is yeah. the glue. That's what makes him the glue that keeps everything together. It's them on the press. It's how quickly he helps win the ball back, his positioning, his body positioning. For being as, we'll say, small as a diminutive as he is, I mean, size absolutely does not matter because of just how intelligent he is as a mm -hmm. defender, as a player, uh, and in transition as well. And, you know, the I think the first moment that Pedri was kind of on the scene for Barcelona fans was, if you remember, he saved a goal two seasons ago when he was still, I think, 16, about to be 17, and he crashes into the, the post. He winds up missing a few yeah. games after that. And that was like a defining moment where he said, oh, this kid, I mean, there's something about him. It's not... It, not to say it's not just Gabi, you know, Gabi fights, 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 fights. But I mean, mm -hmm. Pedri is so smart in the ways in which he kind of throws his body around when he does. And I remember when I did this show a few months ago with Emil wrapping up last season. And mm -hmm. I said, Pedri was the MVP last season, even though he only played 1600 minutes. And I think I held that against him in the way that, you know, you and I follow the NBA, the MVP for the NBA, mm -hmm. we hold that against them when they don't play enough games. And mm -hmm. by only playing 1600 minutes, it was just like, it's just, there was players on the, there, so many of his teammates played double the amount of minutes he did or, or something, something similar to number to that. And so it was hard to justify Pedri. But when Barca were at their best last year, where they went on a 13 game unbeaten streak, Pedri was the, the, the beaming light. He was at the, uh, the, coming from the lighthouse that was Pedri and just all the other just like flies, all the other, his teammates seem to just gravitate and follow this 18 year old player. And I think you're going to see a bunch of that this year as well. He turns 20 now in November. So, you know, at the ripe old age of 20, he's going to be galvanizing this team. He only had four goals and one assist last season. And I still was arguing to make him the team MVP. That's why this year when, I mean, I just number wise, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm we're going to guess what, like seven goals and like eight assists or nine assists, you know, I think, yeah. but, and when he's going to score those goals, I get the sense that they're going to be in the big moments. That's where it seems like he's coming up biggest in those big moments and seeing him become a big game player. Cause you know, over the last few champions league's exits, that's what Barca have been crying out for where, you mm -hmm. know, not talking about the sacred cows here, all the other players in the squad, the transfers that were brought in, even Arturo Vidal, 
right? Like he was a big player in Chile in those Copa America finals against Messi. But other than that, you know, in the Champions League that he was in with Juventus or with Bayern Munich, you know, he wasn't the player. He was just a part of that system, a cog mm-hmm. in the system. But Pedri seemed to just be one of these, just a big time player. Speaking of big time players. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our top goal scorer. Okay, we're going to be two for two. I, I'm, I don't think there's going to be any questions here. But yeah, just say the name. It, it's a few syllables. Say the name. It, it is a few syllables. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually hard to say sometimes. Yeah. So um, our Polish friend, Robert Lewandowski, I think that is going to be the MVP. No, not the MVP. Well, probably the MVP as well. Yeah. But certainly yeah. a top goal scorer. Um, I think he's... His demeanor is one of the key differences uh, between the number nines we've had over the last four or five years. He does everything, to be honest. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and discover Lewandowski for all of our listeners, so I'm going to be quick here. He associates well. He is ambitious. He's fast. He's strong. Um, he's a quick finisher. Goals are you know, flowing through his whole body. And uh, I do think, uh, above all of that, he's a winner. Um, he's not yeah. 16 years old anymore. So he's come to Barca to win and to win now. And I think that that's something that, that we need. I think that all the discipline that um, comes from his years in, in Germany, certainly Bayern Munich as well, that's going to help. I think that the degree of professionalism that his persona brings um, is something that is much needed. I mean, he's a new signing, but obviously he's one of the veterans of the team. And I think that this season, that mixture between young and old is going to be crucial. But I do think that having a role model that is still hungry for more, and I don't want to be dissing Busquets, Piquet and Jordi Alba, but I think Lewandowski's mentality is a little bit different. Um, He's been winning a lot more, a lot more recently. And... As he said himself, age is just a number, and I think that he could most certainly be a top goal scorer. Well, yeah, too many people over the last few seasons that have left Barcelona have said there's something about the mentality, there's something about the way that they were practicing, the way that they just yeah. they were fighting, and it just wasn't there. And you're right, Lewandowski. I mean, in the whole show that I did about Robert Lewandowski with with Jake, who covers Bayern Munich. That's what he said. His mentality coming in. The guy is a professional. He works on his body. And it's not just for Instagram. It's he does. He does all the little things, all the little work. He works on it. The, the harder question here is not whether Lewandowski is going to be the top goals for Barcelona. That I think is the obvious answer. It's how many he'll score. That was the one that I really tried to push myself on. And the number I came up with was 40. That's why I landed on 40, because he scored 50 last season. 
48 the year before, 55 the year before that when he yeah. won the Ballon d'Or that was that didn't exist, 40 the year before that, then 25, oh, so sorry, the 40 the year before that, then 41, 43, 42, and then 25 way back in the 2014-15 season. So eight years ago, his first year with Bayern Munich, he scored 25 goals. And then the last time he scored less than 25 goals was his nine, just nine, in 2010-11 in his first year at Dortmund when he had just, I believe, I'm trying to do the math here, just turned 21, 22, and jumped from the Polish League to Dortmund. He scored nine goals that season as he was fighting for a starting spot. And then again, once he got it, he's just been banging in goals every time. So I think the lowest number I could come up with for Lewandowski this year is something goes wrong. Even if he's injured, I think he scores a cool 30 to 32. And then I think the ceiling here is like 45 to 48 where, and that's why I landed on 40. Cause I think 40 is a, just a, a reasonable number with his first season at Barcelona, not even playing in a different league, but playing a league where scoring is a bit harder to come by than it did in the Bundesliga. Just number wise, he'll probably score less in the league than he did in the Bundesliga. So yeah, that's why I just went a bit under his previous three years total. Mm -hmm. uh, let's hope that you're right. Let's hope that you're right. Because, you know, we do have a lot of firepower up front. Um, I would be more than happy if, if Lewandowski scores around the 30 mark. And uh, mm -hmm. that's in all competitions. Because hopefully we've got not just the one guy that scores all the goals, which I would be happy with as well, but it can be spread out with Dembele, Rafinha, Aubameyang, etc., etc. So let's see. Okay. I'm so environment. Yeah. So next up is most assists. Uh, this one, again, we might agree on the person. I, 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 might, I assume we will, but will we be close to the same number? Who's your point? Well, hopefully um, this links to Pedri being the MVP. I think he's going to get a lot of assists as well. But um, in Xavi's system as well, there's a lot of influence coming from the wings. Mm -hmm. um, we've got Dembele and we've got Rafinha, who I think, unless anything changes, they're going to be the two starters alongside Lewandowski. Um, not just because they are good on their own, but actually they're building a, a society, they're building a connection that hopefully will bring a lot of happiness to Kules around the world. Um, I think that because Dembele can be a little bit more anarchic and selfish lately in terms of um, just taking the shot himself, I'm going to go for Rafinha being mm -hmm. uh, the top crosser, assister, because I think that his game, being the first season, may have a little bit more of unselfishness to him. Um, but having said that, I'm perfectly happy with both of them taking as many shots as possible because we do know that if in football, si no chuta, no marcas. If you don't shoot, you don't score. So having Lewandowski around there to pick up the pieces would also help. So let's get as many shots as possible. But I would say that Rafinha gets more assists than, than Dembele. That's interesting. Yeah, because coming from Leeds, you would say obviously it's going to be Rafinha because he didn't really... I think he had four assists total last season. He was their primary goal-scoring option, but you're right. Now with Barcelona, we might see an entirely different version of Rafinha than we saw in previous seasons, being able to assist. And, and you're right, too, that Dembele scored two goals, I believe, in the preseason, or three goals, uh, three goals, rather, in the preseason. And he might be looking to shoot a bit more as opposed to last season when it was all about just trying to set players up. That said, I did go with Dembele because I think whether, and this is actually one of the things we learned, I think, from yesterday, one of like the, the hard and fast rules that we can figure out. Because Ansu clearly is 100% right, and people are already yeah. saying, oh, he's overrated. You see if, obviously, the dogs are coming to attack. But with Ansu not being where he normally is, you know, there's going to come a moment when he's going to get some form, be clinical again in front of goal. But until he gets his form, he's going to likely be the sub, which is a surprise because I really did think it would be Rafinha and Dembele battling for that right, that right wing spot, and Dembele would start on the left as well. But it seems like Xavi, and this was what I was wondering too, Xavi wants his wingers wide. 
So you'll notice that in yesterday's game, it was so interesting to me that that game began with Rafinha on the left. That experiment lasted seven minutes and two goals. They scored two goals and then Xavi switched it. But then just two minutes after the switch, Rafinha assisted Dembele's goal. And then in the 12th minute, they switched it back. And so to me, there is a fluidity that's there. And again, what has become clear is that, as you said, those are the two starters right now, Dembele and Rafinha. And whether they're on the left or whether they're on the right is going to change, not even based on the opponent, but it will change throughout a game just to throw things into chaos because that's what Dembele is. So the number I went with for Dembele is 18 for La Liga assists and then 21 in total because he led the Liga with 13 assists in 21 league matches last season in around 1,400 minutes. Oscar Trejo from Rio had nine in just over 2,000 minutes and Modric had eight in just over 2,000 minutes. But everybody else in the top 10 was over 2,600 minutes on the uh, in the Liga. I know that's too many numbers I threw at you, so let me sum summarize <laughs> real quickly. You know, that means that in almost half the number of minutes of seven of the other top 10 assisters, Dembele still had more assists than all of those players in about half the minutes. So even if he scores a bit more this season, if he is on the field, he is going to be contributing assists. So that's why, I mean, last year we just, again, 13 in just 1,400 minutes. That says 18, even if he's a better goal scorer, 18 is a fair number, and then 21 in total. So, all right, next up, we're going to go with superlatives. I don't think we need to do best goalkeeper. If it is Inaki Pena, something has gone terribly wrong for Mark Andre Ter Stegen, but Inaki Pena has shown some really good stuff in the preseason, yeah. and he's going to be a good backup, and I'm glad they got Neto off the books and his wages, because Pena, if you look at the capology and the, the number he he's at, he's so cheap. Inaki Pena is so cheap. And an yeah. academy goalkeeper that is on very cheap wages and can give you what Pena, Pena can give you, that's the perfect situation for a backup goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're not doing that. <laughs> Just a second. Uh, all right, best, best defender. <laughs> I want to hear yours because I, I had a really hard time with this one. This was the hardest one, I think, of these categories. It's very hard. And it is really hard because we've signed very well. I don't want to mention them all, but obviously Piquet, last season he was good. You know, maybe I'm not going to... I mean, he was maybe the best center back of Barca. Yeah, maybe exactly. So, last season, he was good. I don't want to diss him just yet. Um, obviously, his role this season, um, Xavi has already explained to him, according to the Catalan media, obviously, that um, his position is probably going to be fifth center back. Um, Eric Garcia seems to have grown up a lot. I think he's matured. Um, I really like the way that Eric breaks through um, the opponents when they come to pressure. If you notice it, a lot of centre-backs uh, in Barca over the years tend to play safe. And I think that the best one at breaking the lines moving forward, which is uh, La Ultima Linea de Presión, that obviously is Gerard Piqué. But I see lots of things that Eddie Garcia has been doing in preseason that um, is what Xavi obviously wants from him, that um, is a lot more effective. And I think he's controlled like that. Um, Christensen has started really well. Obviously, someone being signed on a free transfer, you always assume that there's going to be benefits with that. And he's looked very composed, very calm, and the player that we hope that he can be. And obviously, we haven't seen him play too much, but the choice that I'm going to go for, and obviously Araujo is through the roof. I'm not even mentioning him. The guy's insane. I'm going to go for Kunde. I think Kunde could be our best defender of the season. Because uh, I don't want to say Araujo, which is most likely what you're going to say. Um, and <laughs> he was. <laughs> and um, I think that what he was doing at Sevilla, who lets, you know, Sevilla, let's face it, is a team that plays very differently for Barca. They're a team that are happy to just be attacked. 
and hit on the counter when they need to, not all the time anymore. But um, obviously not your fastest defender, not your tallest defender, not your strongest defender. But I think that in terms of positioning, in terms of intelligence, and in terms of stature, uh, based on what he's shown uh, internationally and obviously for Sevilla as well, that is someone who fits the Barca style extremely well. And even though he's really not played for Barca just yet, um, not, not a minutes anyway, I'm going to go for him just to prove the amount of faith I've got on someone who, let's be honest, sacrificed a lot more bucks coming from a lot more British pounds coming from England and Chelsea to be with us. So I'm going to go for him as the best defender of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think Koundé, I mean, he was one of arguably the top defender in the Liga last season, yeah. right, in the entire Spanish league. Uh, and yeah. he had played for Manchester City or PSG or Real Madrid, one of those teams last season in the Champions League he would be talked about in even more outrageous terms than I think Chelsea fans were doing. I mean, because Koundé being linked to Chelsea for the last three years, it really helped with the, you know, the, the English media, right? Like the propaganda that's created when these big English teams are linked with players from, from the Spanish league that like raises their profile tenfold. And Koundé very deservingly had his profile raised. I, I think that he is going to be fantastic for Barcelona. And I think Next season, I can almost lock it in that Koundé will be Barcelona's best defender. But I think there will be a bit of an adjustment period for him at the club this season to the point where Xavi is going to rely on Araujo, really lean on Araujo. We've already seen that we know that Xavi, he said it to the media. It's not like he's just saying it to Araujo in person. Like, I want to know what Xavi says to Eric Garcia. Like, what are you not doing well? You know, I obviously the first thing I would say is why do you always foul when the ball is in the air and it's a long ball? Why are you constantly fouling the attack with their, their back to goal 50 yards mm -hmm. away? That would be my one question probably every morning for Eric Garcia. Other than that, you're, you have elite line breaking abilities, as you said, and Eric Garcia is going to get his minutes and we'll get to a category that might have him later. But for as far as just defending, whether Araujo played as a center back or a right back, his defending is the best on the team. It's too good for Xavi not to have on the field where regardless of where he is. And Xavi said, I, yes, Araujo will play center back, but he's playing right back at times, especially against the Real Madrid's and teams just with just superior counterattacking abilities and technical abilities because his passing from the back is not good enough. It's not where it needs to be. It needs to keep developing this year. That said, you know, best defender, and I keep hearing this argument over and over again, they criticize Barca's defenders when they seem to be able to attack well and they don't defend well. And a defender is supposed to defend. And Araujo does that, so he's the pick. Uh, the only thing that I think throws him off that mark of being best defender is staying healthy. He's never done that in his career. And even though he's fought through pain, I mean, he fought through a broken wrist last season to be on the field when Barca, I'd say, needed him. So, I mean, he's fought through pain before, but he has these issues with muscle injuries that I'm hoping as the, the whole training staff has changed, Dr. Ricard Puna is back. So, I mean, they've got their medical staff in place that they want. And it seems like even in the spring, the, the guys who are always unhealthy were healthier, right? And yeah. that's a good sign. So yeah, I mean, let's do quickly. Let's, yeah, uh, let's yeah. wrap that up and then we'll do, uh, well, I mean, I don't need to do best midfielder, best attacker as Pedri and Lewandowski. So let's wrap up best defender, then we'll, we'll move on to different superlatives. No, um, you, you sort of made an aside. I actually made a note uh, to mention at the end of the show, but you've already touched on it. So I may, may as well just jump now. Injuries is going to be, the, the major hurdle for us to overcome if we want to be successful. I don't want to tirar las campanas al vuelo. I don't want to just uh, be super euphoric just now. But uh, I would say that if we don't really get any major injuries, this team has a very good chance of going very deep and being successful in pretty much every competition. Well, that's what we're talking um, about. 
Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm doing now. So let's jump into it. So we've got La Liga, Champions League, and Copa del Rey finishes. So well, let's do La Liga first. Yeah, right? so I, I would say it depends on whether Dembélé, Pedri, Ansu Fati, Araujo can stay healthy for the longer term. Yeah. And then if they, hopefully I'm wrong for saying this, but if they didn't manage to do it, and that is staying healthy and playing um, on a regular basis, then it would depend on how well... Hopefully, Marcos Alonso, but just Kunde and the different signings we've had actually adjust. In terms of just throwing a number out there, well, we sh- should certainly be in the top two for La Liga. I think that we've got a very mighty attack now. I hate the word mighty, but that's the first one that came. I'm really sorry. <laughs> my, my Spanish speaking brain just, you know, the mighty ducks. No, sorry. So I would say that the Barca attack is strong enough to, to churn out a lot of goals. Um, I'm going to go as deep as saying that we've got a lot more depth than Real Madrid, certainly up front. I mean, Madrid with uh, Benzema and Vinicius, if any of them catches a, a bit of a cold and doesn't play for whatever reason or misses one or two months for due to injury or whatever it may be, then I think we've got more goals than them. Um, I really trust that, you know, especially, and he may not get many minutes, but if someone like Pjanic ends up staying, um, I've got high hopes for KCA as well. Um, to be uh, to be in a role like Seydou Keita used to do back in the day. I think that we've got a very strong midfield and we've already spoken about the um, the back line. So I think that we could very possibly win La Liga this season um, if injuries allow us to do so. To that exact point, the, almost uh, to add to it, I have them as first in the Liga this season for two main reasons. One, under Xavi, bringing in these new signings, Barcelona is desperate to win the Liga. And I think consistently, the mentality of, again, adding professionals like Koundé and Lewandowski, that's going to propel this team forward into getting that trophy because they want to win at the Camp Nou. It's going to be full again for with the more, most fans they've had in that stadium in four or five years now we're talking yeah. about from week to week. And I think that's going to galvanize this team forward to win the Liga. And the other thing, too, about the injuries, you say you named the perfect players, right? You named Ansu, Dembele, Araujo, and Pedri, who've all been worried throughout their early careers so far. Well, Dembele's 25, but throughout for the rest, throughout their early careers. The kind of argument to that is that the, the players they brought in, Kessier, Lewandowski, and, and Jules Koundé. Now, Lewandowski did get hurt last season, which knocked Bayern out of the, the Champions League, but he was out for, it was like three weeks, and it just happened to be the most important three weeks of the season. But Lewandowski, Koundé, and Kessier, they do not get hurt. Looking at their injury history, those three players are available week in and week out for every single game. They do not get hurt, those three players in particular. So bringing in players that have no injury history. And of course, bad luck happens. I mean, of course, bad luck happens in the sport. But again, there are players that have been dealing with injury histories their whole lot, their whole careers, and there's ones who aren't. And bringing in players who just have you expect to be on the field, that's going to pay dividends, I think, in the league. Okay, next one is Champions League finish. And I'm going to go first on this one. I had them winning the Liga, but I'm going to go with the quarterfinals on this one. And it doesn't, it, it has less to do with Barcelona and more to do with everybody else around world football. I think the teams that were already fighting for that Champions League with the top of the Champions League last year, almost every team in the, the, the big, we'll say the big six or whatever, the big eight, you know, that are fighting for the Champions League trophy this year uh, or the favorites to win that trophy, they've all enhanced their squads as well. They've all gotten better. The, the elite of world football, and this is what happens when you have especially COVID, where the finances of the big clubs and the smaller clubs and these big brands and the ones who can't afford it, like it's just the gap is 
even more wide, I think, between the top of the Champions League and, and lower. You know, you and I, I'm not going to bring it up, but yeah, I'll just say the two words, the Super League. When you and I talked about that before, I mean, we kind of started to feel this was coming, especially with COVID. And just extrapolating that out a few years, uh, now two years on, again, I, I think the Champions League competition at the top is so, so good. So in Barcelona, if they do get knocked out of the quarterfinal, they're going to get knocked out by a very, very, very good team that says very little about Barcelona. And it says more about how Barca are in basically year one of Xavi, right? It's going to be 1.5 at that point, but basically year 1.5 of Xavi's program. And I know Lewandowski is in 34 years old, wants to win. I, I get all that, but I think this is going to take a little bit of time in the Champions League to be there for that night. But this team is going is what I do want to tell you is in that quarterfinal, they are not going to wilt the way that they have. That Champions League exit this season, Wigarlip is in the quarterfinals or the semifinals, is not going to happen in the same fashion that Barcelona fans are getting smacked in the face and becoming a meme. No, it's going to be it's it's going to be hard fought. And they're going to go down the right way. I say that in quotes unquote, because there's no way, there's no right way to lose in Champions League without obviously Barcelona becoming the laughing, laughing stop of world football for a week. But either way, I, I think it's going to be a hard fought season in the Champions League. Much better than what yeah. we're for all these years. I cannot, I cannot really disagree with much of what you said, but uh, my, my flip of that is if they make it to the quarterfinals, which unless there's something tragic happening, I think we should do, then the differences in the top eight of world football, like you were mentioning, are so narrow that a hungry team... Totally fair. Totally fair. Yeah, so the, the differences are so narrow that a team that has got so much hunger, uh, if they get a good momentum in the last two, three months of the season... I think we could go all the way. I mean, realistically, I would be pleased if they made it to the top four, to the semifinals. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I don't really see over 180 minutes. Um, if we can change the mentality and we can endure difficult moments, then I don't really see Barca losing to anyone at this stage, to be honest. So for me, a top four finish is, it would be good. But I wouldn't discard them winning the whole thing at this stage, given the squad that we have, given the hunger, given the momentum, and given the manager that we have that you know seems to be putting everything in the right place, not just in terms of players and formation, but I'm talking, as you've already touched on, uh, medical, media, support, uh, the, the, the president, President Laporta, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that this season, it feels like the pieces are finally being put back together in every aspect of the club. Um, don't want to go too much into this, but the, the, over Barcelona, Catalonia, there's a renewed air of optimism that reminds me of um, when Ronaldinho joined the club all of those years ago. And uh, there is, as you've already touched on as well, hunger. And uh, I think that the players can make us all proud. And I wouldn't discard them to win the Champions League either. So let's obviously see what happens. All right, but Fantastic, more importantly than the Champions League, of course, is the Spanish Super Cup that actually didn't even send you on the preliminary list <laughs> that we're doing. Because <laughs> after the Game Bay Trophy yesterday, you know, you know, I've done those YouTube history lessons, whatever, about the Game Bay Trophy, the Spanish Super Cup. I care about the Game Trophy, Game Bear Trophy more than I do because of what it represents and what it means and what it's always supposed to meant, more than I do about the Spanish Super Cup, especially the way that they're just playing all over the world now. For the Spanish Super Cup, here's my prediction. I'm saying the, they're losing in the final, that being Barcelona. They lose in the final to Real Madrid, and that's their one loss to Real Madrid of the season. And that one I'll take. Because if they won the Liga, then I'm saying they've probably gotten some points off of Real Madrid this year. And so I'm going to say the one time they lose to Real Madrid this year is in the Spanish Super Cup in the final. 
and I'll take it. I don't care about that. It's January. Okay. Wait, whatever. I actually don't even know what time it is this year. I mean, obviously someone will easily correct me. I didn't even look up what time of the year because I was saying, well, when is it this year? Because usually when they have it, it's interrupting the league and all that stuff. But there's a World Cup interrupting this entire year this year. So, all right. I don't care. Yeah. I was going to Super Cup. Uh, I mean, why don't you give that prediction while you give the Copa del Rey prediction and do it together? I really do not care about the Spanish <laughs> Super Cup, whether it's paid in, in Saudi Arabia or Congo or Mars. But I do um, care if you watch my not having, You watch no, the tutorial of it. Just, just, just watch the history of it. See why it does. It used to matter. Now it doesn't matter so much anymore. That's the argument. Yeah. Watch, watch all the YouTube videos that Dan <laughs> makes. He is a genius and he's incredibly handsome too. Thanks. But I don't really know about the Super Cup. It doesn't bother me one bit. So I go with your prediction. I'll copy you. How about that? Yeah. Well, okay. What about the Copa del Rey then? Copa del Rey, I would say if we win La Liga, that may be a competition that we drop earlier on. Um, but the other flip of that is that if, and it links to what I said before, if we've got enough fit players in terms of injuries are respecting us, then Barca's second 11, I'm not even going to call it the B team, but the second 11 could go really long in that competition. I just, more than winning it or being knocked over in semifinals or whatever, what I really do hope is that uh, the youngsters and the non-regulars get plenty of playing time in the competition. And, uh, you know, going deep in La Copa del Rey doesn't affect the stamina and hunger and willingness to get La Liga, which obviously is the biggest trophy of the season is el, el campeonato de la regularidad so i think that being regular in la, in la liga is more important but if the b team second 11 of barca can get us all the way to the semis then then we could win it too but um i'm not really too bothered about that because hopefully we do better in the other two bigger competitions which is la liga and the um champions league well there's two truths i think we know about barcelona in the copa del rey one is that Barcelona do tend historically to use positive results in the Copa del Rey, which is a knockout competition, yep. to galvanize themselves in the second half of the season, even in their worst, the darkest years, right? Even the the Coleman year, uh, the, the Coleman year, rather, when Barcelona had to come back with through Jordi Alba, the magic of Jordi Alba against Granada, you know, that galvanized that team that could have slipped and, and been even worse than they were in the Liga. And so the Copa del Rey, I mean, you look at who's won the most trophies in that competition, even though it was historically even the, the Cup of Franco for a long, long time. Barcelona mm -hmm. take pride in winning the Copa del Rey. They're the team that says that matters, right? It's Real Madrid fans that are always saying it doesn't matter as much, blah, 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 you know, Champions League of Copa del Rey. But Barcelona has won that competition more than anybody else. And, I, you know, I also had them failing in the Champions League. That's why I have them winning a double this year. As you said, I think they're the deepest team in the Liga, which means they have the most likely chance to win Copa del Rey. So that's why I'm going with the Liga and Copa del Rey and having them failing in the Champions League, um, unfortunately, but again, uh, in a better way than, than normal. So, all right, back to the players here. The best new signing. And I think basically mm. we're the same person, but then I think there's an easy backup as well. I don't know. If there's backup. Yeah, go. I don't go, know. Go I don't know. As um, the listeners know, we don't speak to each other before the game, before the, the recording button starts. So um, I'm going to go for Rafinha then. Um, I think Rafinha cool. reminds me of, um, you know, you don't want to put labels on, on, on players, but he's got bits of Ronaldinho in him. Um, like he attempts little flicks, um, and, but not just that, you know, you see the, the way that he conducts himself. He seems to be really, like really relaxed, really happy, cheerful. Um, around everybody within the, the dressing room, uh, the camp no connected with him straight away. 
Um, he, the couple of goals that he scored uh, back in the USA, they were just spectac- in a spectacular fashion. But not just that, he's just a player that's obviously going to get a lot of minutes. Um, he's a differential player. Um, I don't want to generalize and say that all Brazilian players are the same, but you know, you've got your Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, Romario, and, and the, the list goes on and on. Brazilian players that have made a difference and, and left a stamp at Barca. And I think that Rafinha is hopefully next in line with those. I have got high hopes for him. And uh, if he understands the system, which is it cannot be very different from what he's shown already, he continues to gain the trust of those around him. He's someone who attempts to run at the space uh, with or without the ball. Um, his dribbling is great. His technique is impeccable. So I think that he's probably going to be a best sign-in. Um, obviously, we already mentioned Kunde, so I'm not going to mention that. But um, I do think that we've signed a differential player that all the Greek clouds around the world will kick their teeth not having gone for him um, in a most decisive fashion. Well, yeah, he only wanted Barcelona. That's why he, arguably that transfer fee was lowered for that. And speaking to Oscar yeah. from uh, a, a Leeds United supporter, you know, he did mention that the only thing that Rafinha and Ronaldinho have in common is they were both raised in Brazil. They both have yeah that Brazilian flair, but personality-wise, they could not be more different. Where Rafinha okay. is an introvert who who likes to go right home, he eats right, does all the right things, and you know, Ronaldinho had his peak in the, uh, you know, the, he had that Icarus moment, uh, but he was also the best Icarus that the world had for like three years. And boy, mm-hmm. were those great years. So the uh, Lewandowski, I think, is the answer. Again, if we said top goal scorer, potentially team uh, team MVP, probably the best signing. The, the, guy, the star that galvanizes this team, pushing them forward. But I think the best value signing even was Kessier, because we are going to be slowly talking about him. I, I, even doing these match reviews already in the preseason, he is better at all the things that the Milan fans even warned me about. That he's, they said, hey, people are already saying his first touch isn't very good, but they don't watch him Milan games. He's a really good first touch. And that's yes. his one-time passing is way better than advertised because, again, I think it's the perception people have of, of Syria A or Milan or even Kessier himself. And I think fitting in Barcelona system, he fits even better than expected. Like he wasn't the defensive midfielder that even I wanted. Like I had him so far down that list because – I didn't want like, he wasn't natural to to be the successor to Busquets, and he's not in any way. He's an interior Xavi system who is so mobile. But again, the thing yesterday that impressed me as well as all season long, seeing him in person as well, he is so quick, so fast, and makes up ground so quickly that he is never out of position ever. Like he's always whether I mean yesterday, I, as I said, uh, Frankie De Young was going crazy. He was awesome in the second half uh, as that left interior. And Kessier picks up the assist from Aubameyang as a left interior, just switching. And there was some fluidity. And so getting Kessier on a free transfer, that's just a huge move. That is a, a terrific piece of business that I think we could say that he's the best value signing of the season, that being Kessier. And I think I'm going to have a hard time, other than we also saw in preseason, other than him missing sitters in front of goal when he gets forward, other than that, there are going to be very few complaints about Frank Kessier this year for Barcelona. You got a point on Kessier? Do you know, um, <laughs> um, people that have been listening to the podcast for several years may remember us talking about Paulinho. Do you remember Paulinho? Yeah. I used to do the crazy runs from the middle and I know Paulinho. never really been in any particular position, but always been at the end of it and also dropping in places you don't expect him to be. That's, um, Kessier was doing bits of that as well, but obviously with a lot more order and, and a lot more dominio. Or where he was around, but um, yeah, just wanted to to drop that in. 
Yeah, I think Polina was a bit not even better, but more likely to arrive late in the box. And at that time, under Valverde, that Barca played a bit slower, you know, a bit more plotting, yeah. a bit more, uh, a bit more vertical to horizontal as opposed to Xavi's Barcelona, which is vertical, horizontal, diagonal. Well, actually, diagonal, I think, would be the direction if I of course. had to explain Xavi's system. All right, next one is Academy Breakthrough. This one's really hard because I think I'm going to let us go wherever we want. You know, this is our show, so we decide where we go. So, and it's a weird one, too, because I think, you know, changing the parameters to our likings. I think the candidates are obvious. They're, it's Alejandro Balde, it's Pablo Torre, uh, even though Torre isn't from the academy. Again, he was a professional player, arguably racing Santander's best player to get them promotion in the second division last year at, at 18 or 17, 18 years old. So Pablo Torre, again, is not really an argument, but I guess really I'm saying like, best young player breakthrough best yet yeah, here's Gabi and Pedri. You know, we know what I'm saying. <laughs> Gabi is yeah. over the first team. Pedri is in the first team. The only one I would argue though, that could potentially fit here is Nico because Nico, you know, came out of the gate in the fall premieres for Kuman. looks like he has a roles in the interior, gets some minutes, then kind of falls off. As I said, you know, under Xavi, it wasn't really working all that much, but he still wound up having more minutes than Pedri last year. He still played a ton was part of the rotation with a super sub, but I could argue that Nico this year, when I say breakthrough, I, I mean that he could, Unlike Balde, when I say breakthrough to Balde, it means that he's now getting minutes and he could be in the first team in the future. With Nico, he could go from being on the peripheral of the first team. Oh, is he going to go out on loan in January if Piana stays in particular? Or is he going to potentially have to go out on loan next year if he finds himself on the bench and is replaced by whoever it may be, you know, Piana or whatever. But this is a year where if he becomes the successor to, to Busquets this year, that's the breakthrough we're talking about. This is a player that we're saying, hey, he's a good young player right now. Is he going to be a Barcelona for the next 10 years? And if he winds up really looking comfortable as the backup to Busquets and that's his role, then you're going to go, okay, Nico might be an important part of this team for the next 10 years. So that's why I think Nico is my breakthrough player. But again, the argument is Balde, is Pablo Torre. Uh, I mean, I think for Abde, it's just an uphill battle. There's too many players in front of Abde for him to get any minutes this year. And other than that, I mean, everybody else for Barca B or Barca, uh, Barca Athletic, I think it's so hard with how deep the team is. Even Miko Marmol, right? The team is just too deep. Chadi Rati, the, the, the left-footed center back, uh, the Moroccan for the B team as well. Like those are players that are going to do really well for the B team and Rafa Marquez, but they're going it, to, it's minutes are not going to be there the way they were last year. Yeah, I think that because there are so many young players that basically in a, in a season 10 years ago, they would still be in the B team. Um, then it's hard to see who will break through. Like, obviously, Ansu Fati, Pedri, Gavi, they're still really, really young themselves. Uh, you can even put Araujo in the same, in the same boat as well. Um, I think that if Marcos Alonso is signed, I don't think Balde gets that many minutes um, right. because you're, you're not going to have someone um, of, of the caliber or the salary of Jordi Alba and not use him. And you're not going to sign someone like Marcos Alonso and have him on the bench. Even though that Marcos Alonso could potentially um, go as a centre-back, you've already signed lots of centre-backs there and you're talking about Piquet being fifth choice. So I don't see many minutes for him. So my breakthrough youngster of the season is Gabi. No, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's why and this is a weird category. Like we're changing going, category. He, Gabi's already he's arrived. Going, he's he's already here. Like, that's it. That's it. Yeah, so he's already here. Me, that's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. So right, right. the season is Gabi. And um, as you mentioned, I'm not going to repeat what you said. I do hope that um, Nico stays in the team and that he gets hopefully around a third of starts, probably a bit more, but around a third of starts from Busquets. 
so that Busquets is fresh for the for the matches that really do matter. And Nico begins to deputize and uh, and grow in stature, maybe coming in the last 20, 25 minutes. And, um, you know, I'm not discovering the world of football here, but we can now make five substitutions. And I think that we need to use them to, to make sure that um, as many players within the squad feel a true part of the of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, there are years in the Copa del Rey when Barcelona are having a hard time. I actually think back now, this is this is dating myself a little bit here with the academy, but Frank Beck, um, was it Bagnac, I think was his name? Uh, he yeah. He was a center back. So that class, that group, I think it was like 2014, 15, 16, Barca B didn't really have many young talents breaking through that were that good, right? It wasn't just that Roberto and Bartra and Montoya had nobody following them. It's just like, there wasn't a lot of high level talent coming up through the academy at that time because that was like the De La Feu group, right? And they just, it, yeah. it wasn't that deep. But for the Copa del Rey, when there are rotation minutes, you're going to see players that if this was last year even, could arguably be breaking in because Barca B this year, or Barca Athletic, is basically going to be the U19s from previous, from last year. So Barca B is... They're going to be bad. They're not going to get results, but they have a lot of high potential players. I mean, and there's a difference between the B team doesn't always have a lot of high potential players. Again, I always want to preface that, right? And this season, I think they do. I think they do have a lot of high potential players that are going to get Copa del Rey minutes that will matter for their careers. And we could see them down the line. It's just, again, with how deep the team is now, will they ever have minutes? And minutes, that's our next category. Most minutes on the team, Frances. My answer, I think, is really going to upset people. Do you know who I'm going with? <laughs> Sergio Roberto? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, if Roberto, I think that, that would have said lots of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something has gone horribly um, wrong if Sergio Roberto. I mean, he's going to get a lot of minutes. I, what I will say is Sergio Roberto is going to get more minutes than everyone is happy about because he's probably the starting right back. Is he the starting right back? I think he might be. So just for, warn everybody. For me, he's not. For, for no. me, Kunde and Christensen stay in the, you know, the heart of defense and Araujo plays on the right. Right. I, I wouldn't start Dest and I would not start Sergio Roberto. But anyway, I think we digress. Play with the most minutes, Ter Stegen. Hopefully he stays healthy. And if he does, well, he's going to play all the minutes. Well, what about the outfield play? Well, yes, Ter Stegen was second on the team last year with 4,140 minutes. So you're correct. Ter Stegen also got hurt last year. He missed the start of the year. Then he missed a few games in the middle. So if Ter Stegen is healthy, yes, it's Ter Stegen's the goalkeeper. And it should be a goalkeeper. But other than that, yeah, we'll do outfield player. That's the actual answer here. I'm gonna go for Kunde again. Interesting. I think I think that if he's fit and um, he adapts well, which you know, touch wood, there is no reason for him not to, because he knows the Liga inside out. Was the best defender in a lot of categories. Um, that obviously matter for for brainy people with numbers like yourself. Um, then I do think that Kunde could be replaceable, um, and I do think that given his Again, touch wood, given his injury, um, staying healthy record over the years, hopefully that is someone who can be in our team every single week, every single game. Well, yeah, it's interesting because coupled with my best defender, I said Araujo, but Araujo did only play 2,940 mm. minutes. So he was under 3,000 last year. So yeah, right. But I can't have Araujo there. But I, I think there's too many center backs for me to have picked a center back here. I just think the rotation is going to be so heavy with again it's Christensen and Garcia and Araujo and Kunde uh, and then again Falonzo as you said is is in the rotation as well he could play as that left center back because again all the names I just mentioned they're all right-footed players and Xavi yeah. doesn't really care about that it doesn't seem to matter again Eric Garcia has been so much better as a left center back under Xavi than he has almost any time he's played as a right center back I think for me the answer other than Ter Stegen, of course is between Lewandowski and, and Busquets because 
Alba had 3,500 minutes plus last year, but Busquets and Lewandowski, obviously for Bayern, they are the only other two players who had over 4,000 minutes. And the way I say my person can upset people is I think with Nico or Pjanic, either way, the backup to Busquets is much more defined this year. So Busquets is not going to hit 4,200 minutes. I think he could hit 3,900 minutes. But with how deep this team is, I think 38, 39 might be enough to be the outfield player with the most minutes. So that's why Busquets, I think he's going to potentially start the second most number of games just behind Lewandowski and Ter Stegen. And so Lewandowski with just over 4,000 minutes last year, he had 4,006 minutes. So just literally just over 4,000 minutes. I think Lewandowski is also a fair argument here, especially if Busquets gets rotated a bit. And I think Xavi's going to want to keep both of those guys healthy. So he'll rotate them more than we've seen in passing. And they're also a year older. They're also both 34 years old. So I think yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty loose on Busquets, but I'm going to lock it in that I think Sergio Busquets is going to surprise people. But once again, we're talking about injuries. That guy does not get hurt. He is always available and he can play 90 minutes. Always. Is it great? <laughs> Sometimes it's not, but he can play <laughs> every single week. All right. So player, we got, we got three categories left. Player who will underachieve. We got We have about 10 minutes to do this, Francis. So mm. let's do it. Player who will underachieve. Quick one. I am between Ferran Torres and Ansu Fati, to be honest. I would say Ferran Torres underachieves. Um, but what's, what's expected of him? Like he had six and six last year coming over in January. I Because the next category, this pairs nicely. The next category is the player who will change minds in a positive way. And so, you know, Ferran Torres, I would actually put it that list where I think the Catalan media is different than Twitter and the internet, right? Because I can tell you, napping on the internet, very different. I can tell you that if Ferran Torres scores a goal and an assist this year, that the internet is going to say, wow, he did better than I thought because they are out. The, it seems nah. like a cloth of 14 year olds who have thumbs that, that type very quickly. They all hate Ferran Torres already. So I don't know what the expectations for him are. So I think it'd be hard. Well, to... I'll tell you the expectations from a Catalan perspective. Uh, I mean, we he's, expect a, so... he's a bit forward though, right? Isn't he? He's, he's but is he? a bit forward. Yeah, it's Lewandowski. Well, it's it's Lewandowski, Dembele, Rafinha. Then, I mean, it's I think the expectations for Ansu are higher than Ferran Torres. So now you're talking the fifth, the fifth attacker as far as expectations. No, the expectation is we pay 50 million euros for him. So <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, the mentality outside Catalonia, but the expectation is... We pay 50 million euros for this guy and he needs to deliver at the level that 50 million euros gets you. You know, if we're paying 50 million euros for Lewandowski and he's performing, and we're obviously doing hypotheticals today, but being a top goal scorer, then 50 million euros for Ferran Torres should bring you something similar. Um, this is obviously someone who is still really young, but um, he was he was bought for superstar price, so he needs to deliver super super price superstar minutes um Ansu Fati is someone from our academy we paid zero for him you know so even though his salary is higher from a Catalan's perspective he didn't cost us any money so I would say that if I had to pick one in the squad that doesn't meet the expectation that comes with this price tag I would say it's, it's Ferran Torres I hope to be really wrong I yeah. really wish him all the best but that's where my heart takes me right now yeah I think Ferran Torres if those are the expectations, then I think, yeah, I think it's a clear favor for that. And same thing with Ansu Fati, that there's a way that he doesn't fall out of the rotation, but is is kind of a super sub. And it might take him a lot longer to come back than we thought. I mean, that's what I was warning. He's missing part of his yeah. knee. He's out for almost two years. Yeah. So it might yeah. take him a while to get back. And yeah, I think the only other real big candidate here is, I, I mean, honestly, Jordi Alba was really good last year. And there's a way that Jordi Alba, especially if Marcus Alonso comes, that he 
you know, that as even his salary being as big as it is, there's a way that Jordi Alba has, you know, his, his minutes pushed for the first time since he arrived, really since yeah. he arrived. And the other argument, and then the other one would be PK. But again, if he's the fifth center back and we're going in with that understanding, then I think he'll play like a fifth center back and he'll be Barca's best fifth center back in, 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 in 10, 15 years, right? Like if that's their fifth center back. So it's hard, again, it's based on expectations there. Then players who will change minds, I think the candidates here, again, based on the way people are perceiving them right now, is Ferran Torres, it's Eric Garcia. I don't think Sergio Berto could do anything possibly like the guy would have to score 40 goals for, for to have people change their minds on him and then Des being the other one and and I don't see how Farron and Des change minds and so again I'm digging my heels into the Eric Garcia thing because if I not to say that I'm not tooting my own horn but Xavi seems to be behind this guy in the way that I supported this guy from the minute he showed up I said hey you know I know his defending is raw he's 20 years old when he arrived and, you know, he came on a free transfer. So everybody just relax. The things he does well, he does an elite level. And now we're seeing in year two, if he can just refine his defending or in, in Chavi's system, when Barca have 73% of the ball, that means that we're worried for 27% of the time about Eric Garcia. And if he can be a great defender for 27% of the time on, you know, in a 90 minute game, then he's a, he's a great center back because he does the passing and the offensive part of it again at an elite level. So who's going to change your mind? You think, Francis? Well, maybe not your mind, but you know the fan base's mind this year. I'm gonna copycat. I think Eddie Garcia because of the reasons that you mentioned and the ones that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. All right, and so last category here: player to score. This is again in quotes, unquote, biggest <laughs> goal of the season. Because and last year, I was thinking about last year. It's interesting. Last year was probably the Ansu Fati goal against Levante in his return, maybe, or it was the Pedri goal versus Sevilla in April. That, I mean, it was a big game. Barca needed that game to finish second, and Pedri scores that goal. And then you have Luke de Jong against Levante in stoppage time because that was the one that sealed second place a week later after the Sevilla game in late April. And then, of course, the Obama Yang header against Real Madrid was something too. You know, that one just heading the goal in, taking that one nothing against Real Madrid, feeling like a Clasico was about to be flipped to Santiago Bernabeu, and then it was. Obviously, scoring four kind of dilutes it, but, you know, there were different candidates last year for all different reasons because it was more of a, you know, transition sentimental year. But this one is going to be like, the biggest game, the biggest goal in the biggest game. We're talking like Iniesta against Chelsea. We're talking Messi at the Bernabeu, right? Like that's the goal that we're looking for this season. If they're going to play in big moments, in big competitions, that means you're going to need a big goal in one of those moments. Yes. <laughs> I think the biggest game of the season will be Ricky Puch on day four playing against Kansas City. And then he's going to Instagram all of it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... My pick was MVP for Pedri, so I'm going to rely on that. And I'm going to say one of Pedri's seven or eight goals this season comes in a huge moment in El Clasico, in the Champions League. So let's hope so. I think it's going to come on the foot of Pedri this year. Let's hope so. Let's do that. <laughs> All right, friends. So with a lot of hope, a lot of predictions, obviously we're going to be right as we always are every year. We're always right about all of our predictions. So uh, we'll, we'll see how we do this year. But uh, it was a great Pleasure, of course, talking to you as always. Uh, of course, the fans are always asking about you. And I I'll give you a minute here. Just tell them that you're doing okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing um, really well. I'm still living in Doha, in, here in Qatar, in the Middle East. Um, obviously, lots of preparations um, all over the city for the World Cup. Um, obviously, all the stadiums look absolutely amazing. Um, the, the accommodation for the fans, um, the preparations around, you know, building new roads, building new infrastructures, the metro, the airport, all of that. Um, the, 
you know, the country is, is getting ready to host um, everyone around the world who wants to make it to, to the Middle East, to here to Doha. And from a personal perspective, doing really well, enjoy, enjoying my day job um, a lot. My family, my little ones are growing up. Everything, everything's great. So I'm very, very pleased. Um, I did manage to go to Barcelona over the summer. Um, unfortunately, all the Barca players were on holiday, so I couldn't watch a game this time round. But uh, now th- things are good. And I'm really looking forward to the big event in November, December here in Doha. Um, and it's going to be a great, great success, I am sure. And I cannot wait to, to see what, what comes out of it. Great to hear. And unfortunately, people cannot follow you on social media because your social media no. is our social media. So to follow all of us <laughs> on social media, that is Twitter and Instagram at the Barcelona Pod at Home D13 for me, Patreon, and the closed Facebook group that Francis and I started years ago. That is the Barcelona Podcast. Answer the questions. I let you in. Behave. I keep you in. Again, I mentioned the Patreon. That's how you get these shows for free. Uh, well, without the ads, we'll have to say. Uh, so it's not for free, but yeah, you pay in, make sure the podcast keeps going on. And then obviously we're on YouTube, the Barcelona podcast. That's what these match reviews are. Uh, and last little point of housekeeping here. If you're someone listening to this pod all the way to the very end here, and you want those five headlines as separate podcasts, and I just release them the same night, let me know. And I'll release these on the feed as well. But if you're, if we're talking about them on the podcast as well, like the next day or the day after, uh, as well as you're watching it on YouTube, I don't want to inundate people with the same repeat content. So let me know if you're, if you're, listening at this point in the show because i know you're one of the real ones uh and then yes. finally again hola kool-aids if you like hearing that from princess and you want to put that on your body well we have t-shirts that have, say hola kool-aids as well as having our new logo on a bunch of merch that's at the merch store again if you're still here you probably already know that's down in the show notes below most importantly though thanks so much for listening to the barcelona podcast until next time talk to you soon forza barca forza